Hello, it's that time. Gather around the table. Welcome to Table Conversation, where we dish out interesting topics, just like we dish out snacks in fancy little bowls. Me, I am Craig Story. Well, what's your drink of choice this week then? I'm sipping, well, maybe gulping on a glass of red wine while we dive into some more meaningful conversation. It really is lovely to have you here. Thank you for listening. If you want to keep up with everything that's going on with Table Conversation, make sure you give me a follow on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at I'm Craig Story. And if you've got a story to share, I want to hear about it. Shoot me an email at tableconversationpodcast at gmail.com. So I think that's everyone in their seats at the table sitting comfortably. Let's get ready to get those thoughts provoking. Let's get ready to discuss. Let's go. Today we're going to be talking about cash and the potential of a cashless society and digital currencies. With the pandemic changing our use of cash and how businesses have responded to this, it is a topic that is becoming more and more relevant. But is a cashless society something that we really want? What are the pros? What are the cons? Well, let's talk about it today. To kick things off, let's talk about the role of cash in our society. Well, cash is a tangible form of payment. We can touch it, we can feel it, and we use it in a way that feels secure. It's a belief in it, isn't it? It's a belief in the currency that we have. We've been using it for centuries, and it's been the primary form of payment for most transactions, from buying groceries to paying for services. Have you ever wondered how cash came to be? Well, get ready for a brief history lesson that will take us back to ancient times. My history teacher, Mr. Faulkner, would be so proud of me right now. Well, back in the day, people would trade goods and services through a system called bartering. Essentially, this meant that if you had chickens or you needed potatoes, you'd need to find someone who had potatoes and wanted chickens. It was a bit of a hassle, to say the least. Then, around 1200 BC, the Chinese came up with a brilliant idea of using cowrie shells as currency. These little shells were easy to carry around and had a relatively consistent value. They were soon adopted by other civilizations, including the Egyptians and the Greeks. Fast forward a few centuries and coins made of precious metals like gold and silver became the norm. These were more durable and easier to measure in terms of value. Plus, they look pretty cool. It's an upgrade from a cowrie shell anyway, isn't it? The first official coin was minted in Lydia, that's modern-day Turkey, in the 7th century. BC. But wait, there's more. In the 13th century, the Mongols came up with a new kind of currency called paper money. This was essentially a promissory note that could be exchanged for goods and services. It was a game changer as it made it much easier to carry large amounts of money and conduct business across long distances. Well, today we use a combination of coins, paper money, digital transactions to buy and sell goods and services. And while it may not be as exciting as carry shells or shiny gold coins, it certainly is more convenient. So there you have it, a brief history of cash. But who knows what the future holds for cash? Well, maybe you're already living in the future of cash. Just imagine you're at a shop, you pull out your smartphone or your smartwatch to pay for your purchase. No cash, no card, just a tap on your screen and voila, transaction complete. It's a little bit like magic, isn't it? But it's not. It's just the future of payment. As the world becomes increasingly digital, our payment methods have evolved to keep up. According to a recent study, cash usage has been on the decline for years, with digital transactions accounting for over 70% of all transactions in some countries. You can relate that percentage to your own household, whether you pay for your products and services using cash or digital payments, whether that be your, your monthly bills, your groceries or your meals and your nights out. Something else you hear a lot of people talk about are digital currencies. So what are these digital currencies? 
Well, one you hear a lot of people talk about is Bitcoin, and that was created in 2009 by an unknown person using the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto. It's a decentralized digital currency, meaning it's not controlled by any government or financial institution. Instead, transactions are recorded on a public ledger called a blockchain. Ethereum, on the other hand, is a decentralized platform that enables the creation of smart contracts and decentralized applications, dApps. It has its own digital currency called Ether, which is used to pay for transactions on the Ethereum network. But it's not just digital currencies that are changing the game. Cashless payment options such as credit and debit cards, mobile payments and online banking, they've all made our lives easier, haven't they? No more digging through our wallets for cash or worrying about having the exact change. Just a swipe, a tap or a click and we're done, aren't we? Of course, there are potential downsides to going cashless and using digital currencies. For one, there are many concerns around privacy and security. But overall, it is clear that the future of payment is digital. Well, the usage of digital currencies and cash varies widely across different countries, with some countries embracing digital currencies more than others. According to a study by Statista, as of 2022, the countries with the highest usage of digital currencies were Nigeria, Vietnam and South Africa. In these countries, a relatively high percentage of the population reported using or owning digital currencies such as Bitcoin or Ethereum. On the other hand, some countries have been slower to adopt digital currencies. For example, in Japan, where it's often seen, isn't it, as a leader in adoption of new technologies, they're always at the forefront of technology. Well, there, the use of digital currencies remains relatively low. According to a survey by the Bank of Japan, only 4% of respondents reported using digital currencies. In terms of cash usage, the countries with the highest levels of cash usage tend to be in emerging economies, where digital payment infrastructure is less developed. According to a report by the World Bank, as of 2022, the countries with the highest usage of cash were Angola, Bolivia and Cameroon, where more than 90% of all transactions were made in cash. Meanwhile, in developed economies, the use of cash has been declining in recent years. According to a report by the European Central Bank, the use of cash has been declining steadily across the euro area since 2008, with cash payments accounting for just 48% of all payments in 2019. Closer to home in the UK, cash payments accounted for just 23% of all payments in 2021, according to a report by UK Finance. Overall, the use of digital currencies and cash varies widely across different countries and regions. It's influenced by a range of factors, including economic development, technological infrastructure and cultural norms. Everybody has their own theories about the future of cash. And as with everything, I think it is really important to have a balanced approach. Maybe in the future we will be paying with a microchip implanted under our skin or using holographic projections to complete transactions. And while it's difficult to predict exactly how digital payments will evolve in the future, there are several theories and trends that could shape the future of payments. One trend that we all see, don't we? We see the increasing use of mobile payments. With the rise of smartphones and mobile technology, many people are now using their mobile devices to make payments. The trend is expected to continue in the future with more people using mobile payments to make purchases and manage their finances. Another trend is the use and the increasing use of biometric authentication for payments. This involves using physical characteristics such as your fingerprints or facial recognition. Happened to me the other day, my face wasn't close enough when I was trying to use Apple Pay. 
So they use these things to verify a user's identity and to authorise the transaction. The trend, as I said, is already underway with many banks and financial institutions experimenting with biometric authentication for payments. In addition, there is a growing interest in the use of blockchain technology for payments. If you've never heard of blockchain, don't worry, because neither had I before I started looking into this podcast. Now, blockchain, you read about it in articles, don't you? But blockchain is a decentralized, secure ledger system that can be used to facilitate transactions without the need for a central authority. So it's not linked to any banks or any governments. Some experts believe that blockchain could revolutionize the way we make payments, making them faster, cheaper and more secure. Other theories about the future of digital payments include the use of wearable technology for payments. We do, don't we? We wear smartwatches, fitness trackers, and the development of new payment platforms that integrate multiple payment methods and multiple different currencies. But the convenience and security of cashless payments aren't the only reasons they're gaining popularity. Studies have shown that going cashless can also have a positive impact on the economy. Well, for one, cashless payments reduce the costs of handling and transporting cash. This can save businesses and banks a significant amount of money. It's estimated that cash handling costs can be as high as 1.5% of a country's GDP. Cash handling can consume a significant amount of a country's GDP for a few reasons. Firstly, the production and circulation of physical currency requires resources such as paper, ink, metal, which can be costly to produce and distribute. In addition, the handling and transportation of cash can be expensive for businesses and banks. Cash must be securely transported and stored, which requires additional security measures and personnel. The costs associated with handling and transporting cash can add up quickly, particularly for businesses that handle large amounts of cash on a regular basis. Furthermore, the use of cash can also contribute, shall we say, to the the informal economy, which can be difficult to regulate and monitor. This can lead to tax evasion and other illegal activities, which also have a negative impact on a country's GDP. Cashless payments can also help combat fraud and tax evasion. Digital transactions are easier to track and record, making it more difficult for people to hide income or engage in illegal activities. This can lead to increased tax revenues for governments and a more transparent economy overall. But what about those who still rely on cash? It's true that not everyone has access to digital payment systems. In fact, in the UK, 4% of the population don't have any digital internet access. Some people may not feel comfortable using them either. There are several groups of people who may rely on cash and may not have access to digital payment systems. For one, elderly people, older adults may be less familiar with digital technology and may prefer to use cash for their transactions. People on lower incomes as well. People with low incomes may not have access to digital payment systems due to the cost of devices, data plans and other associated expenses. Cash is a tried and trusted way to spend within your means and budget. Counting cash or coins is also how many people teach their children about the value of money. People without bank accounts or unbanked or underbanked individuals, people who do not have a bank account and have limited access to banking services may rely on cash for all of their transactions. In Britain, there are 1.3 million people who do not have a bank account. Could be a whole host of reasons, maybe long established habits, they don't trust the banks or banks don't trust them. But 1.3 million is an awful lot of people to exclude from the economy. Rural communities and people living in rural areas may have limited access to digital payment systems due to the lack of infrastructure and internet connectivity. People who are homeless or living in poverty may rely on cash for their transactions. They may not have access to digital payment systems or the necessary ID documents to open up a bank account. It also makes it much harder to give something to someone that's homeless or 
throwing some coins to a busker in the train station without cash. How do we do all of that? I know some buskers that are registered do have card payment machines as well, don't they? Where you can just tap to to show your appreciation. I think that's why it's really important to note that while digital payment systems offer many benefits, not everyone has equal access to these systems. And as we move towards a more cashless society, it is important to ensure that everyone has access to the financial tools they need and have a right to, to be able to participate in the economy. That's why it's important for businesses and governments to ensure that everyone has access to cashless options, while also respecting people's right to use cash if they choose to. Well, overall, we can see And it's clear that going cashless has its benefits. From increased convenience and security to a more efficient and transparent economy, it's easy to see why digital payments are becoming more and more the norm. It's important to remember, though, that not everyone may be ready or able to make the switch. And we need to ensure that everyone has access to payment methods that work best for them. So what are your thoughts on this? Are you a cashless convert or do you prefer the old fashioned way of paying with cash? I'd love to know what you think. During the pandemic, there was a concern about the handling of cash as a potential source of transmission for the virus. This is because it was thought that the virus can survive on surfaces, including banknotes and coins, for several hours or even days. Well, in response to these concerns, many businesses and individuals began to reduce their use of cash and turn to contactless and digital payment methods instead. For example, in the UK, the World Health Organization advised people to wash their hands after handling cash, and the Bank of England encouraged the use of contactless payments to reduce the risk of any transmission. Similarly, the World Health Organization, WHO, advised people to wash their hands after handling cash, and the UK government suggested that retailers encourage the use of contactless payment methods and limit the handling of cash where possible. While it is important to note that the risk of transmission through cash was found to be relatively low compared to other forms of transmission such as respiratory droplets, the concern over handling cash during the pandemic highlights though, the potential risks associated with physical currency and anyone that's been on holiday to any countries with poorer sanitation records will know this from handling cash in some of those countries. You can see though as a result the pandemic has accelerated the shift towards a cashless society with many businesses and individuals adopting digital payment methods in an effort to reduce contact and minimise any risks of transmission. The pandemic has had a significant impact on our use of cash, with many people turning to cashless payment options in an effort to reduce that risk of transmitting the virus. People generally thought about touching any kind of services, and I think that has stayed with us, that people are more concerned about touching and making sure their hands are clean. This shift towards a cashless society has been accelerating for some time, but the pandemic has acted as a catalyst, accelerating the process. We can use the UK as an example. The use of cash has declined rapidly over the past few years. According to a report by UK Finance, that's the Trade Association for the UK Banking and Financial Services sector, cash payments accounted for just 23% of all payments made in the UK in 2019. This is a significant drop from 2009 when cash payments accounted for 60% of all payments. Again, you can relate these percentages to your own household and how much cash that you're using. As I said, the pandemic has accelerated this trend. According to research by ATM operator Link, the volume of cash withdrawals from ATMs fell by 37% in the UK. That was during the first three weeks of lockdown in March 2020. Meanwhile, the use of contactless payments increased, with some retailers reporting a 70% increase in contactless transactions. 
Well, the shift towards a cashless society has implications for businesses, individuals and society as a whole. For businesses, there are potential benefits to going cashless, such as increased efficiency and reduced costs. Digital payment methods can be faster and easier to manage than cash and can help businesses to track their finances more effectively. However, Going cashless could also create additional costs and complexities for some businesses, particularly those that rely on cash payments. For example, small businesses that operate on tight margins may struggle to adapt to digital payment methods, which can come with additional fees and charges. For individuals, the shift towards a cashless society could also have implications. For example, elderly people or those living in poverty may not have access to the technology or resources needed to be able to participate fully in a cashless society. This could create a digital divide with some people excluded from certain aspects of the economy and life. In addition, going cashless could also raise concerns about data privacy and cybersecurity. With all transactions recorded digitally, there's potential for governments, corporations and other entities to track and monitor our spending habits, raising concerns about surveillance and potential abuses of power. Tom Mutton, who's a director at the Bank of England, said that programming digital currency could become a key feature of any digital currency. Programmable digital currency could stop or restrict you from buying things that the government deems as a health or social risk at the time. It could reduce the amount that you spend on gambling, alcohol or fast food. Maybe you think it could be a good thing to help reduce our impact on the environment by reducing the amount of flights that we take each year or the amount of clothes that we buy. Or maybe you prefer your own personal responsibility. It is important to point out that whilst the Bank of England have said that this could become a feature, there's no plans to introduce this by the UK government at this stage. Another thing to point out is that digital payment systems are vulnerable to cyber attacks, which could result in the theft of sensitive financial information. Well, firstly, let's take a close look at the potential benefits of a cashless society. While there are concerns about the loss of physical currency, there are also compelling reasons why going cashless could be the way of the future. A cashless society would require less physical infrastructure, such as banks and ATMs, because digital payments can be made without the need for physical cash. This means that also people would no longer need to visit physical bank branches to withdraw or deposit money and banks would not need to maintain as many physical locations. The implications of this shift towards a more digital economy could be significant. Banks and other financial institutions may need to rethink their business models to adapt to this change. Instead of maintaining physical locations, they may need to invest more in digital infrastructure such as online banking platforms and mobile payment apps. This shift could also have an impact on jobs in the financial sector. With less need for physical bank branches and ATMs, there may be a decrease in jobs related to maintaining and staffing these locations. However, there may also be an increase in jobs related to digital infrastructure and technology. In addition, a move towards a cashless society could have implications for people who do not have the access to digital payment methods. While the use of digital payments is becoming more widespread, there are still people who rely on physical cash for their day-to-day -day transactions. Governments and financial institutions may need to do some work to ensure that these people are not left behind as the economy becomes more digital. That 4% that I mentioned that don't have internet access and the 16% the of the population that don't own a smartphone. 
A cashless society could also potentially reduce certain types of crime, such as theft and robbery. This is because cash is a common target for criminals who may target businesses and individuals in order to steal physical currency. According to the Office for National Statistics, there were over 82,000 reported incidents of robbery in England and Wales in the year of 21-22. Of these incidents, approximately 40% involved the theft of cash. Digital payments can offer greater security than physical cash. Transactions are encrypted and secure, which can help prevent fraudulent activity. This can help protect businesses and individuals from theft and other types of financial crime. However, it is important to note that digital payments are not immune to fraud and cybercrime. There have been instances of digital payment systems being hacked and funds being stolen. As the technology continues to evolve, it will be important to ensure that digital payments are secure and resistant to fraud and cyber attacks. And also convenient to us, it's very annoying, isn't it, when you have to verify your purchases and log into another app and to jump through a couple more hoops just to make your payment of an online bill. Despite these challenges, the potential benefits of a cashless society in terms of reducing the potential for certain types of crime are clear. As we continue to move towards a more digital economy, it will be important to ensure that our payment systems are secure and that we're taking steps to prevent financial crime. Now let's take a closer look at the potential implications of a cashless society on those who are not able to use technology, such as the elderly or those living in poverty. One of the biggest concerns is that a cashless society could widen the digital divide between those who have access to digital payment methods and those who don't. For example, elderly people may not be familiar with using digital payment methods and may not have access to a smartphone or other technology. Similarly, people living in poverty may not have access to bank accounts or the financial resources to make digital payments. This could create real issues for these groups as they may find it difficult to participate fully in a cashless society. They may have limited access to goods and services and may be excluded from certain aspects of the economy. This could lead to further marginalisation and inequality. In addition, a cashless society could also potentially create issues for people who rely on cash for the day-to-day transactions. By way of example, some small businesses may prefer to use cash for their transactions as it can be easier to manage and track. A move towards a cashless society could create additional costs and complexities for these businesses as they need to adapt to digital payment methods. To address these concerns, it will be important to ensure that everyone has access to the technology and the resources needed to fully participate in a cashless society. This could include programmes to help elderly people and those living in poverty to learn how to use digital payment methods, as well as initiatives to promote financial inclusion and access to banking services. As well as this, it will be important to ensure that businesses and individuals have access to the resources and all of that support that they'll need to transition to a cashless society. This could include education and training programmes, as well as support for businesses to implement digital payment methods and other types of digital infrastructure. In the UK, a cashless society could also raise concerns about the loss of privacy. With all transactions being recorded digitally, there's potential for governments and corporations and other entities to track and monitor our spending habits, raising concerns about surveillance and data privacy, as well as potential issues with hacking and, of course, cyber security. And privacy is a real concern. According to a study by the UK's Information Commissioner's Office, 85% of people in the UK are concerned about how their personal data is being used by companies. Similarly, a report by the Royal Society for the Encouragement of Arts, Manufacturers and Commerce found that only 41% of UK citizens trust banks with their data. 
That potential loss of privacy in a cashless society could exasperate these concerns. It would be much easier for governments and corporations to collect data about our behaviour and spending habits, which could raise concerns about potential abuses of power. Another thing, a cashless society could also create potential issues with hacking and cyber security. Digital payment systems are vulnerable to cyber attacks, which could result in the theft of sensitive financial information. This could have serious consequences for individuals and businesses alike, as well as for the broader economy. It is important to point out that there are steps that can be taken to address these concerns. For example, the UK's General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR, that provides strong data protection laws to ensure that individuals' privacy is protected. The UK government has also invested in robust cybersecurity measures to help prevent cyber attacks and protect sensitive financial information. Another potential issue with a cashless society is the impact on people who rely on cash payments. This includes those who work in the informal economy or those who are unbanked, meaning they don't have access to a bank account or credit cards. Without cash, these individuals could potentially be excluded from the economy and face financial hardship. This could particularly affect marginalised communities who may already be facing barriers to accessing financial services. For example, in the UK, an estimated 1.3 million people are unbanked according to a study by the Financial Inclusion Commission. These individuals may rely on cash payments to purchase goods and services. That cashless society could create additional barriers to that financial inclusion. Many people who work in the informal economy, such as street vendors and market traders, they also rely on cash payments to conduct their business. A move towards a cash society could create additional costs for them, additional complexities for all of those individuals, and they would need to adapt to the digital payment methods. To address these concerns, it will be important to ensure that everyone has access to the technology. This could include, again, initiatives to promote financial inclusion, access to banking services for those that are unbanked, as well as programmes to train and to help businesses adapt to digital payment methods. It's also important to recognise there are potential benefits to that cashless society, such as increased efficiency and reduced costs. However, it will be important, and one of the most important points, to ensure that these benefits are not achieved at the expense of vulnerable communities and that everyone has the opportunity to participate fully in the economy. Well, let's dive deeper into the world of digital currencies. Their rising popularity, it's important to understand their potential benefits and some of the drawbacks. Imagine being able to send money to someone on the other side of the world in just a few minutes, all without having to worry about exchange rates or fees. Well, that's the promise of digital currencies. Because they're not subject to the same regulations and fees as traditional currencies, they can make cross-border transactions much faster, cheaper and more convenient. One of the main advantages is their ability to facilitate fast and cheap cross-border transactions. With traditional currencies, cross-border transactions can be slow and quite expensive. Banks and other financial institutions, well, they often charge high fees for exchanging currency and transferring the funds across borders. Additionally, the process can take several days or even weeks to complete, depending on the countries that are involved. Digital currencies, on the other hand, are not subject to the same regulations and fees as traditional currencies. And because they're decentralised and not controlled by a single entity, they can be transferred quickly and easily with minimal fees. In fact, some digital currencies can be transferred in just a few minutes, regardless of the location of the sender or the receiver. This is something that's quite significant for people and businesses that operate globally. For example, a business in the United States could use digital currencies to pay a supplier in China, all without having to worry about exchange rates or high fees. 
Again, a person living in a country with a weak currency could also use digital currencies to store value and protect themselves against inflation. In addition to their ability to facilitate those cross-border transactions, digital currencies can also offer a degree of anonymity and security. Because they're encrypted and they're not tied to personal information, these digital currencies can offer greater privacy than traditional payment methods. This can be especially important for people living in countries with unstable governments or for those who value their privacy. Digital currencies can also be used as a store of value, similar to gold or other commodities. In fact, some investors see digital currencies as a hedge against inflation, as their value is not tied to any particular country or government. First, it's important to understand how traditional currencies can be impacted by inflation. Inflation occurs when the value of a currency decreases over time, leading to a decrease in purchasing power. This can happen when a government prints too much money or when the economies experience high levels of demand, something we're seeing right now in our own economy in the UK. When a currency is subject to inflation, it can be difficult to find a store of value that can maintain its worth over time. That's where digital currencies come in. Because they're decentralised and not tied to any particular country or government, their value is not subject to the same inflationary pressures as traditional currencies. All meaning that digital currencies can offer a hedge against inflation. Investors can use those digital currencies as a way to protect their wealth from the effects of inflation, as the value is not tied to any particular economy or government. Instead, their value is determined by the market demand for the currency. But why do digital currencies not need to be centralised? Traditional currencies are controlled by governments and central banks. They can manipulate their value through policies such as interest rates and money supply. This means that traditional currencies are subject to the inflationary pressures of their respective economies. Digital currencies, on the other hand, are decentralised and not controlled by any single entity. Transactions are recorded on a public ledger, which we found out earlier is called a blockchain. This is maintained by a network of computers around the world. And because there's no central authority controlling the currency, it's not subject to those same inflationary pressures, as we said, as the traditional currencies. This level of decentralization also means they can offer greater privacy and security. They can also offer that degree of anonymity and protection against fraud. But as with any investment, there are risks involved. Digital currencies are highly volatile, their value fluctuating widely from day to day. In fact, the value of Bitcoin, the most well-known digital currency, has swung from under $1,000 to over $60,000 in just a few years. This makes digital currencies a risky investment and not one that's suitable for everyone. Another concern with digital currencies is their association with illegal activities, such as money laundering and tax evasion. Because digital currencies are not subject to the same regulations and the same oversights as traditional currencies, they can be used to facilitate illegal transactions. This has led to calls for increased regulation and oversight of digital currencies. Despite these concerns, many people see digital currencies as the future of money. They offer fast, cheap and convenient cross-border transactions and they can save as a hedge against inflation. But as with any investment, it is important to do your own research and understand all of the risks that may be involved. So what do you think? Are digital currencies the way of the future or are they just a passing fad? As technology continues to evolve and our payment options expand, it'll be interesting to see how digital currencies develop over time and whether the central bank digital currency or the Britcoin that the British government talk about, whether that's developed and their centralised, controlled form of a digital currency, whether that happens and how it all plays out. It will be really interesting to see what happens with this over the next few years. Well, imagine a world where you could pay for your morning coffee with cash, 
Then use your phone to pay for your groceries later in the day. A world where you could choose the payment method that works best for you without feeling any pressure to go entirely cashless or entirely cash only. Well, that's the potential of a hybrid payment system. This system would allow for the flexibility of using both cash and digital payments, depending on the situation. For example, you might prefer to use cash when buying something from a street vendor or a local market. That's where you value that personal interaction and the physical representation of the value of the cash. On the other hand, you might prefer to use digital payments for larger purchases or online transactions, where you value the speed and the convenience of not having to carry cash. As with any system, there are potential complexities and costs to consider. Businesses and individuals would need to adapt to using both cash and digital payments. That could create confusion and additional administrative burden. For businesses, this could mean maintaining infrastructure for both cash and digital payments, which could be more costly. It has been enshrined in UK law that we have the right to access cash, but access to cash is only any good if you can use the cash you have access to. In the cities of New York and San Francisco in the United States, cashless stores have been banned by the governors there. Despite many challenges, there are already examples of hybrid payment systems in place. In some countries, such as Sweden, cash usage is declining, but it's not disappearing entirely. A hybrid system has emerged where both cash and digital payments are used interchangeably. The potential for a hybrid payment system raises important questions how we can create a system that works for everyone. Isn't that what we want? How can we ensure that people have access to the payment methods that work best for them? How can we balance the benefits of cash and digital payments while minimising the costs and the complexities? One thing's for sure, as technology continues to advance and our payment options are all evolving, it's clear that a hybrid payment system could be the way of the future. One thing's for sure, though, the future of payments is exciting. It'll be interesting to see how this develops over time and how it all plays out. And just as we have here, I think it's really important to explore the the benefits and the potential drawbacks that come with any shift towards a cashless society and using more digital payments. As always, I'd love to know what you think. Are you excited about the convenience and security of going cashless? Or are you concerned about potential losses of privacy and access for those who may not have access to those digital payment systems? As we do navigate the transition, it's essential to have an open and honest conversation, just as we always do around the table. And I think it's really important that we can ensure that everyone is included and no one is left behind. As always, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. I'd love to hear from you. We can continue the conversation. You can find me across social media at I am Craig Story. If you found it inspiring and you want to make a positive impact, why not share the podcast with someone that you know will enjoy it? Now, this one is a digital payment. If you enjoy the work that I do and you'd like to support me, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Craig Story. And if you do have time, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Feedback really does help me to improve and work on topics that you want to talk about. Thank you once again for listening to Table Conversation. It's been lovely to have you around the table. I can't wait for more chitter-chatter next time. Until then, take care. 